Podcast. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm here with my bud Dave. Hey. And we've got a special guest on the show today, Adam from The Great Pumpkin Project. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about The Great Pumpkin Project. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a bit of a story. Um, so I'm a complete Halloween nerd, as I'm sure you guys obviously are, and anybody who's listening to this is. And um, basically, I kind of came across an idea that somehow I want to leave my mark on the holiday. Um, I'm a fan of a lot of Halloween blogs um, and people, you know, artists who are well known in the Halloween community. And it's apparent that, you know, years from now, these people will be kind of looked at as really important figures in the holiday. And so I kind of thought to myself, how do I leave my mark? You know, I'm not very artistic, but what can I do? And almost more importantly, with Halloween kind of getting a little weird, trick-or-treating, kind of dying out, I don't know if, if that's that way by you guys, less kids, this trunk or treat, everybody's getting, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit lacking on the tradition. So I'm like, what can I do that long after I'm dead would create a brand new Halloween tradition? Because you're always looking at like, where did jack-o'-lanterns come from? Where did all these things hundreds and hundreds of years ago happen? So I figured, I'm like, all right, what, what could I do? So in my old place, I lived down the street from an old, um, they call like a, uh, puritan meeting place near a cemetery it's beautiful and every time i would drive by it i'm like that needs a pumpkin like a a jack-o'-lantern sitting on in front of the door just looks like it needs it so one halloween i carved a jack-o'-lantern and i left it there and you know i would drive by it all the time it was there for months while after i had done that i'm like you know what if i'm gonna make a tradition why not do it every single night of October and find random spots that either a looked like they needed a jack-o'-lantern like places like that meeting house and that cemetery or completely random places that if another Halloween nerd happened to pass it they would be like that's fucking awesome Um, I have done everything from cemeteries obviously train trestles um, freezers in a grocery store that's basically uh what i do i'm on year six now of doing it um and every year um you know it's a a challenge to find new places and i didn't expect this to be anything outside something that i would do in my hometown and if you guys are familiar with the home haunter pumpkin rot um an amazing artist does great work. Uh, his yard is incredible. Um, him and I have had exchange here and there and I threw the idea to him. I said, what can I do? You know, like I'm thinking of, you know, putting a jack-o'-lantern out every night of October. And he's like, that's fantastic. And not expecting it, he promoted it on his blog. So from that and then all his blog readers, it blew up and I had no intention of it being a social media presence at all. But I figured, you know what, if I can get other people involved in this and we can make this a global thing, it'll help grow the tradition faster. So going on year six, I've had people from England, Scotland, um, Wales, 32 different states. Um, Everybody's, you know, carved their own and participated. 
And I have a different artist put tag art on the tags I put on the pumpkins that say Great Pumpkin Project. Um, a lot of, you know, decently known Halloween artists, uh, Sam Heimer, if you're familiar, uh, Poison Apple Print Shop, uh, quite a few, quite a few uh, known people. So it's fun every year getting new art and seeing just how many people have participated. It is a really cool thing you're doing. Uh, that's how I came across your page, like looking at all the different pumpkins. Like, it's just cool to see such a variety. You know what I mean? Like in different places, like just the concept, no one's doing it and no one's actually ever thought of it. And that's kind of crazy. So I always thought that I think that's what's really awesome about it specifically. You know what I mean? I uh, It's it's the most simplest thing because like I don't have the artistic ability to draw amazing, you know, prints and everything. <laughs> and and if you see my work, it's the the carving of the pumpkins is amateur at best. But I think. I'm not carving pumpkins to, you know, make them intricate and fancy looking. Like I want it to look old world. I want it to look like rustic and and ancient, you know. And uh it's been it's been great to see, you know, the skill levels of everybody who's participated from all over the country. Um I've had a few people actually do all 31 nights. Uh it it's it's a bit of work. You have to allot some time and you you get sick of scooping pumpkin guts every you know by the fifteenth, but it's it's all worth it, man. To be fair, I ten ten times out of ten, I prefer a traditional jack o' lantern over a fancy carved jack o' lantern. I, I I always have preferred just the simple cutout triangle. Absolutely. Anytime I like buy a pumpkin and I carve it. It's always like the triangle eyes, the triangle nose, and like the, the, the jagged, sharp teeth because I am not artistic at all when it comes to stuff like that. So <laughs> I just stick with what I see and what I can do. Yep. That's, that, but that's the best way to do it. Like there's nothing better than seeing like a dark porch with leaves and a lit jack-o'-lantern on, jack-o'-lantern on it, period. And occasionally you'll come across a perfect setting and somebody's done this ornate like Star Wars theme and I get angry. I'm like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one wants a Boba Fett uh, jack-o'-lantern. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the people with the ability because they're beautiful. But, you know, the, the point of it is to kind of bring back like an old world tradition to it. You know, it's it, it, they have their place. You know, if you have that ability, I mean, damn, you're better than me. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, keep it simple. And it looks traditional. It's like essentially looking for like a scene. Like you're basically seeing a scene in your head saying, oh, this is something that should have this. You know, it's like it's just basically kind of like a movie, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's the the location is half half the fun of it. You know, out of some submissions I've gotten, like amazing places. Somebody put it uh, one on the steps or the in front of the lines at the new york public library so i'm like ghostbusters awesome somebody actually put it in front of the house from um nightmare on elm street i've i've seen awesome spots but you know your carving ability aside doesn't matter it's just you know you're creating a scene you're right that's the most important part yeah uh you know i actually have a question for you so what is a meeting house so that's what it's named and in I, I don't really have a good answer for it. Um, it looks basically like an old school, like ramshackle church. Um, you can see it like actually somebody posted a lot of a picture of it today on Instagram and it'll come up. It, it literally looks like something you'd see from the 1600s that people would, 
gather in. It could be a regular house too. That's just what they have named for it. And the best part is, is there's nothing like it in the area. I just happen to live down the road from it. And it's got, the cemetery has stone walls and it's, it's the most perfect thing. And I'm like, that needs a jack-o'-lantern. And that kind of started the whole thing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I was thinking of what it was, but I just wanted to be sure. Cause it's such a, it's, it's, it's like a, you know, like it's one of those things where a meeting house, it's such an open-ended, you know, like term what it could be yeah i i to be perfectly honest with you i couldn't tell you um i know people use it for church services occasionally like during you know like a few times a year but um yeah it it looks old it looks cool that's all um, it needs to be and and nobody moves the uh the uh jack-o'-lanterns either they stay there they've stayed there into the middle of november so at this point i think the people who run the thing are they don't mind so Adam, the 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 go-to question for our show whenever we have a guest on it is why Halloween? What is it about the holiday that's so important to you? I mean, without being super long-winded about it, there's you know, you have Christmas people, you have the people who you know, everybody has a friend whose parents, "Oh, my dad plays Christmas music all year round." <laughs> and you kind of look, you're like, "All right, that's a little weird." But you wouldn't understand that because you're not that person. Um, there's Halloween people, you know, you guys are Halloween people, people listening to this are Halloween people. And it's just something that kind of resonates, um, with people like us. Um, it's a holiday that is ancient, that one month, because I mean, Halloween's every day. I know that's yeah. cliche, but <laughs> reality is suspended. Like just the, the absolute you know, basics of Halloween. It's like, oh, it's that one time of year where it's completely normal to be a killer, a, you know, just something weird. And I think just for some people, it, it speaks to their identity. And, you know, for me personally, you know, once you get that first cold morning, it, it, it kind of flips a switch. And, uh, you kind of, I personally try and take it in as much as I can, you know, like do as much as I can, uh, go to, you know, attractions and, and just because in reality, it's a month and a half of that feeling. And then it goes away. November 1st is like the most depressing day. <laughs> yeah, and, it uh, is. <laughs> it sucks. Know, like, Facts. <laughs> it, yeah. It's miserable. And you just sit and you count the days and wait till Halloween comes back the next time. And then, you know, it's like August and then you're like, okay, it's not completely absurd of me to go and start thinking and planning and all that stuff. And that's why, you know, you guys doing what you do is a, a service to all us nerds. And, uh, I mean, the, to wrap it up real nicely, you know, to Ray Bradbury, like really important author to the holidays, you know, there's October people seeking the October country, you know, and if you've read that quote, that just kind of sums up everybody. So it's, it's this ancient thing that's kind of stuck in everyone's heads and brings out who we really are as people for a short time of a year. Look what's rising out of the pumpkin patch this Halloween. The pumpkin cutter, a great way to let your kids carve their own pumpkins without sharp edges that cut little hands. It even makes toothy grins easy to do. The pumpkin scoop, removes seeds and pulp better than any spoon. And the pumpkin light, replaces dangerous candles with glowing results. Have a great pumpkin this Halloween with the pumpkin cutter, pumpkin scoop, and pumpkin light. Pumpkin cutter products available at Long's Drugs and Safeway. So with Adam being on the show today... 
I thought it would be fun to talk about some iconic jack-o'-lanterns. Um, I'm assuming you both know the history of jack-o'-lanterns. I do not, and I apologize. So, Dave, I'm going to fill you in on where the name and the uh, kind of the history of the jack-o'-lantern. Give me the knowledge, please. So, the practice of carving a jack-o'-lantern originates from like an Irish myth called Stingy Jack. So the legend goes that Stingy Jack, who's like a lazy blacksmith, invites Satan to have a drink with him, but he's too cheap to actually pay for it, hence the name Stingy Jack. (laughs) So now wait, does Stingy Jack have any relation to Dirty Jack? (laughs) He doesn't. But I wish he did. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to just go with they are related in some way. <laughs> they're, they're second cousins, Dirty Jack and Stingy Jack. <laughs> so Stingy Jack is somehow able to convince Satan to turn himself into a coin so he can use the coin Satan to pay for these drinks. It's ridiculous. The premise of this just sounds insane. <laughs> Being the asshole that he is, Stingy Jack doesn't pay for the drinks and instead keeps the Satan coin for himself. But inside of his pocket, there is a silver cross and this prevents Satan from turning back into his like, you know, normal form, which in my head is like red Satan with horns. I don't know why when I read this, this, this myth, that's what I thought of. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's vision of Satan is exactly, you know, what how Iron Maiden portrays Satan. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> they make him a little short, though, on the cover of Number of the, yeah, Number of the Beast. Yeah, it's true. Eventually, Jack is able to make a deal with Satan. He will free him under the condition that he leaves him alone for a year. And if Jack were to die, Satan can't claim his soul. So the following year, Jack is able to trick Satan again. That's how fucking gullible Satan is. (laughs) But this time, he has him climb a tree for some fruit. I think it was apples, if I remember correctly. And Jack, being a douchebag, carves a cross into the bark of the tree. This prevents Satan from climbing down. I I, I thought Satan was fucking powerful. I'm reading this back and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with Satan? (laughs) This time, the two make an agreement that Satan can't bother Jack for 10 years. And Satan agrees. He's like, okay, cool. Good deal. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, (laughs) So eventually, Stingy Jack dies. God doesn't want to fucking deal with him. He's like, this guy's an asshole. You can't come to heaven. And obviously Satan wants nothing to do with Stingy Jack because of their history. So Satan banishes him into the dark night with only burning coal to help him guide his way. But Stingy Jack didn't want to walk around just holding coal. So he carves out a turnip, his favorite food. And places the coal inside the turnip so he can walk around with it. So the Irish called like his ghostly figure Jack of the Lantern. And it would eventually be shortened into Jack O'Lantern. 
And in Ireland, the idea of carving scary faces into turnips was used to kind of like ward off Stingy Jack's spirit along with other evil spirits. And that's where the uh, the name Jack-O-Lantern comes from. It's very interesting because, like I said, I didn't know that. If there is another takeaway from this tale that you just taught me, I would say that banished into the dark night, <laughs> I need to I need to start a traditional heavy metal band, and that will be the title of the album. Absolutely, <laughs> a, a black metal band, <laughs> a folk metal like a, a folk metal band would be good too. No, black metal. You're right, black metal. Sorry. I mean, I would just I, this this is what this is what I what I picture in my head right now is that I would want to be a like in complete knight armor. And I would just kneel down with my sword in in the soil, and my head would be down by the handle, and I would just sit in a field of mist, and a sorcerer or a wizard will be putting his hands or her hands all around me as they banish me into the night, and I will take my chances with my sword. Wow. <laughs> I love how well thought out that was, Dave. <laughs> Did you, you guys talked about this before I came on the show, right? That was obviously scripted. Nope. It sounded it sounded so like noble and and like um like climactic and if you don't make a band out of that, you just missed your calling in life. That that's exactly what like the word noble is exactly what comes to mind when I just think of that. It's just a just a fucking knight. Just ready to take whatever is given to him or her, and he, they the, have to make out. The most important question, though, vocals for this band, are they going to be traditional black metal vocals, you know, like high-pitched scre- like screeches, or are you going to go traditional with, like, operatic kind of, man, like, power metal vocals? Because since you're on the Noble track, I might, you know... That might fit the bill I, a little better. Honestly, both. Okay, okay, two singers? Yeah. The drummer has to have a gong behind him too, correct? Yeah, that's fine. So, with that being said, I thought it would be fun for each of us to pick one iconic jack-o'-lantern from pop culture. It could be anything from a movie, an album cover, cartoon, TV show, art piece, anything. As long as it's, you know, a, a pretty iconic or somewhat iconic jack-o'-lantern. So, Adam... Hit us with your pick. So uh, I just want to start by saying, you know, when you told me the topic we were going to discuss, it was extremely nerve-wracking trying to narrow, you know, iconic jack-o'-lanterns down. And there's a billion. And I didn't want to go too deep cut, and I didn't want to go too obvious. You know, there's a lot of quality jack-o'-lanterns. And being the pumpkin guy, I felt really kind of pressured to have a good pick here. And I, I bounced around from a bunch of stuff, you know vintage bastel die cuts that you see like from the 80s which are just classic um sam from trick-or-treat because he's technically a jack-o'-lantern um the pumpkin-like commercial from the 80s which is awesome um stuff carved by pumpkin rot as i mentioned before who's just amazing um but i ended up going um the music route um and it was kind of a toss-up between uh, the jack-o'-lantern on the cover of AFI's um, All Hollows EP, or um, the jack-o'-lantern on the Misfits Halloween 7-inch that came out in the 80s. And I ended up going with the Misfits jack-o'-lantern, um, simply because I grew up with the Misfits. 
I have way too many, many misfits, knickknacks, and paraphernalia around. And since that jack-o'-lantern is on the uh, cover for Halloween, um, the song itself does a great job of just painting a picture of nostalgic early 80s, late 70s Halloween. And on the cover of that 7-inch, it's your, you know, your jagged, toothed jack-o'-lantern. And when the Misfits recently did their reunion tour, they brought out like 10-foot versions of those things on stage. And it's it's just a, a great image. And it's, you know, the band has been such a big part of my, you know, teenage years till now. And uh, might be a, might be a little bit of a deep cut, but I figured I couldn't pass up the chance to kind of give it some promotion, as if it needed any. <laughs> I'm a huge Misfits fan, dude. I actually saw them last December in Philly, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Those, uh, the, 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 the jack-o'-lantern on the cover, you're right. It's the, uh, like, the, they have a bunch of, like, giant, like, jack-o'-lanterns on stage that they kind of, like, run around. And um, speaking, like, just that song alone, Halloween... It has to like it has to be on everyone's like Halloween playlist. It's synony- it's synonymous with the holiday. Oh, absolutely. It feels like like Halloween, like the lyrics and the, you know, the lo-fi recording and stuff like that. Like it just feels like Halloween. And Halloween 2 is awesome as well. You know what I mean? Right, like the uh, the uh, like just the ambiance you get from it and and you make a really good point in saying like the recording has so much, you know, so much weight in why it feels like Halloween. It feels lo-fi. It feels like old school horror movie. And just the lyrics themselves, you know, and all the, you know, the candy apples and razor blades and, and, and all that, it kind of hits all the marks and, you know, as rough as Danzig is now, (laughs) you know, the, the dude, the dude could still write some memorable lyrics. And I think you're right when you say, if it's not on your Halloween playlist, you're doing it wrong. There's a atmosphere in the actual recording that I think is what, you know, we're all we're all talking about. It's like when you listen to it, it just the recording has an atmosphere to it. So it, it most certainly lends its hand to the uh, charm of the song. Sure. I remember being really young and being first shown the Misfits and not getting it, so to speak. And I'm like, this sounds like a crap. Why is it recorded terrible? You know, because my first introduction to the Misfits at all was uh, Metallica's live cover of Last Caress. So when I heard Last Caress, how it was actually recorded, I'm like, this is terrible. And then at some point, you know, it just kind of clicked and you understood why it was supposed to sound that way. And it was all part of the whole package. And I think for that song especially, you know, it literally transports you back to youth and... I can. I think maybe the song gets a little more credit than the pumpkin does, but the whole package altogether is just unbelievable. Oh, dude, the the cover itself looks very, uh, you know, DIY. Like it's a picture of the band, right, in black and white in the middle, and then there's like a, a frame type of thing that's orange, right? If I remember correctly, yep, that's correct. And then the little pumpkins in the bottom right corner, and it's a, honestly the two the two songs on that seven inch. We just gushed about them. But you mentioned All Hollows EP, which is another Halloween EP that that their cover of, of Halloween's awesome. And the song Fall Children is fucking amazing. That's up there too. Fall Children and, you know, that's on the Halloween playlist. Their cover is fantastic. You know, I think if any band kind of 
can get away with that. It's it's them. Yeah, and and I really think that All Hollows EP is like their version of this seven inch. If you think about it, like that's basically what it is with the cover, with their little you know they have a jack o' lantern as well, and just like it, it just the two things just kind of go hand in hand, and and like you can tell that it that the Halloween seven inch was a huge inspiration on that EP. You know the the all the all hollows EP and then the album that followed the art of drowning both of those uh covers are very halloween well i mean obviously the first one is is halloween but the but but the art of drowning is like halloween adjacent to the max so i agree so you know like the cemetery and everything yeah it's just you and and when you look at them it's like 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 that's what you want your halloween to look like i've always been a sucker for like the fence posts and the pumpkins and the black cats and whatever like to me that's just kind of a, and the the full moon like that's kind of has to be you know like if you have to paint a picture like that and those albums do a great job so my jack o lantern pick isn't exactly a jack-o'-lantern but it's it's definitely jacko adjacent i want to do something that was a bit of a deep cut and i chose the theatrical poster for the movie Pumpkinhead. it came out in 1988 and it was directed by special effects makeup artist stan winston and it was a directorial debut starring lance henriksen so I'm just going to give a quick blurb about Pumpkinhead because I'm maybe there are people that haven't seen it. I mean, I've heard crazier things before, but just to cover our basis and you should see the movie because I, I, I personally love it. Uh, Louie, I don't know if you love it, <laughs> but um, spoiler alert. <laughs> Ed Harley vows revenge on his recently killed by accident son. He goes to see a witch that lives in the swamp and says she can help him resurrect a demon in an old graveyard named Pumpkinhead. Folklore is teased. He fetches a corpse in a graveyard that is buried in the mountains. And there's tons of decaying pumpkins in the graveyard, which is so strange because you have this theatrical poster. And the theatrical poster is the demon Pumpkinhead who has these really skinny claws and he's holding this really ugly looking pumpkin. And that's the only thing that is pumpkin related in this movie. And the movie's called Pumpkinhead. So that was always like like kind of funny and interesting to me, but the 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 actual artwork is is so good. But I'm going off on a tangent right here. So let me just finish my little my little spiel about the movie so people understand. He fetches a corpse that's in the graveyard in the mountains, brings it back to the witch. She uses the blood of Ed and his son to resurrect the spindly demon. The witch warns him, vengeance comes with a terrible price. So back to the poster now. The poster like just oozes so much atmosphere and the movie itself is like like if if you were to tell me, Dave, what is like, what, tell me a movie that has insane atmosphere, I'm going to tell you to go see Pumpkinhead. Anytime Pumpkinhead's on the screen, anytime they go to see the witch, when he's in the graveyard digging up the uh, the, the the you know the body or whatever it is, 
it's just it's insane like it's insanely atmospheric and it's like i don't know it's just it's just really it's just really nice to see it done so well because i feel movies do fail a lot when they try to be atmospheric because it's either too much or it's just not enough prior to ever seeing Pumpkinhead, i had i never have seen this theatrical poster before you know all the all the movies like itself, like the VHS release, the DVD release, they don't have this artwork, which I always thought was funny, because it's such cool artwork, and they always have like so like the VHS tape has this really cool illustration of Pumpkinhead, and it works, it's great, and then like the DVDs, like there's so many DVD releases of this movie, so they don't have the this artwork and it's just so it, it's just strange to me that it was never utilized so well and you know it's just uh it, it's just something that doesn't make sense to me but apparently there's a uh there's a UK release that has an actual jack-o-lantern on the on the on the <laughs> the cover but again there's never a jack-o-lantern in the movie but it's it but, makes no sense <laughs> that 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 cover with the jack o' lantern makes no sense. So as I hinted before, my bud Lou is not a big fan of this film. I don't hate Pumpkinhead. I don't. I've I've seen it. I've watched it maybe once or twice. My gripe with it, it's called Pumpkinhead. Like the 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 is it a burial ground or whatever wherever he it's puts not a pumpkin patch because you you because when we were talking earlier you're like oh if they go to a pumpkin patch it's not it's it, it's it's a graveyard <laughs> it's a graveyard and and it's just rotting pumpkins so I just always like I felt like the movie should have like been set during Halloween or at least October because it's called fucking Pumpkinhead <laughs> so I remember as a kid renting it. And thinking like, oh, this is going to be a Halloween movie. Like Halloween and like, you know, Night of the Demons or something like that. And it's not. It's like a really dry setting, if I remember correctly. Because I'm not, I'm, I will not say I'm this big pumpkin head aficionado. I don't know everything about the film. I know Lance Hendrickson's in it. I mean, I don't either. <laughs> but I just always was let down by it. It's one of those movies that, you know, I'll have to admit is in my overrated list. <laughs> like, okay. the creature design is cool. Amazing. The story is cool. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, Pet Cemetery, if you really think about it. A little. Definitely. Um, Definitely. But it just, I don't know. There was always a disconnect between, like, the movie and me. I don't know what it was. And, and I've tried to watch the second one, which I think I enjoyed better because it became more of, like, a slasher film. I, I completely agree. <laughs> I completely agree. The, the second one's the second one I enjoy more. Pumpkinhead's like killing teenagers and shit. Um, but going back to the poster art itself with the pumpkin, I think that art with Pumpkinhead holding the uh, the moldy pumpkin is kind of just a teaser poster because if you think about it, when this film came out and you went to the theater. You don't want to like spoil, like blow your whole load showing off the creature. No, absolutely, and and you're right. You're one hundred percent right. It, it is a teaser poster. I just found it so strange that it wasn't utilized on anything else, like the VHS tape. That like, wouldn't you think to put that on the VHS cover instead of the actual demon? When when you were talking about that before, about saying like. I've never seen the VHS of it. And the only thing that kept coming to mind was being a kid 
in a, in you know a video store being like eight years old i wasn't allowed to rent any of that and i remember the vhs cover and now that you know you're an adult and you're like oh this is art, art this looks better it's artistic i completely agree with you however in 1988 it's like show the monster get them to rent it yeah so yeah they I, want that quick sale right you know it's it's such i mean you go back to those 80s vhs covers and it's all like sometimes the covers are far better than the movie is anyway it's true you know, and I guess they. If, <laughs> if you're walking through, if you're walking through your local video store that you know, like you're independently owned, this is probably before Blockbuster, and you're like, I don't know what to rent, I don't know what to rent, and then you come across this, you're like, oh, it's got shock value, you know. I don't know if it would sell as well to a you know a teenager, but as a you know cultured adult, I like your I like that work, I like your uh, your pick better. Yeah, you know it's. It, it's again it's it like for for instance i know screen factory just well no, not just i think they did it a couple of years ago that they, they you know they reissue every movie now and not, not even like you know i don't know if the flip side because usually they do the the reverse uh, flip sides of the artwork for the movies but like i know like the newer cover has like commissioned artwork for it but the reason why i picked this and i i'm not trying to stray off of what we are talking about which is jack lanterns is that to me that is an iconic, you know, that is an iconic setting. The pairing of the claws, the pairing of the decayed pumpkin, the pairing of the fog. It, like, to me, that's just 100%, like, I want to see this. So, for me, it's iconic. And I just wish it wasn't so underutilized. No, it, it, it's it's great. It's great art, honestly. Like, I, I like the poster. I even like the VHS um, cover. And this is one thing I want to point out. And I don't know if you mentioned it, Dave. I don't think you did. Pumpkinhead doesn't look like a fucking pumpkin. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yep. that's always bugged me, too. I don't want this to become the, like, I hate Pumpkinhead podcast. But <laughs> I don't hate Pumpkinhead. But it's just there's certain things about the movie that just fucking bugged me. And like you said, going now thinking about it, like thinking about the, the pumpkin and him holding it in the teaser poster. Like, his name's fucking Pumpkinhead. He looks like a like a like a fucking dinosaur. Like a, I don't even know what he looks like. He's a demon, obviously, but it's awesome it's just, design. It is the creature's great, but he doesn't look like a. I wish he looked more pumpkin esque. Like you know, he looked more <laughs> like a pumpkin. That that would uh, that I think would have made me happier. So so what what you know there there's one question that I ask now is that do you think the inclusion of <laughs> these pumpkins in the film, the name Pumpkinhead, was to appeal? to like the halloween and sure october crowd do you know what i'm saying like sure but the the problem is and i agree with both of you on the pros and cons of the movie is the atmosphere in that movie is great it's been forever since i've seen it but from what i remember you know it's great however i can't imagine that 90 percent of people who saw that movie are like well it wasn't really a pumpkin you know and and I can understand that gripe too. I remember being, I think the first time I saw it, it was maybe like ten or eleven. I'm like, I thought it was going to be a guy with a pumpkin. You know, there was no pumpkin. So, yeah, sure, it's marketing. I mean, fair, <laughs> fair, fair enough. So you know, it, it, again, I, for me, it's an iconic poster. I wish I wish it had a little more shine, but I always have loved that artwork. It's an honest poster. It's not misleading you in any way. Exactly. That's so true. 
Well said. Boogeyman is coming. Leave me alone. He doesn't believe us. Don't you know what happens on Halloween? Yeah, we get candy. <laughs> Boogeyman. Ooh, the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. My pick involves something we've slightly avoided on the podcast. Yeah. And that's the Halloween film franchise. So, I love the Halloween film franchise. I, I, I think they all have redeeming qualities. Obviously, the original is a classic. But I feel like the series has been reviewed and covered ad nauseum. <laughs> Do you guys agree with me on that? For sure. To an extent, yes. And I'm sure Dave and I, down the line, will get to it. Because we do enjoy the series. But I thought I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't mention the jack-o'-lantern from the opening title sequence from the original 1978 Halloween. So everything about this jack-o'-lantern is perfect to me. The fact that it's basically sitting in a dark void as the camera slowly dollies into it. John Carpenter's classic synth score plays over it. Uh, The use of the orange font as the title cards kind of continuously go on and on. And we, you know, the the dimming of the lights as we get... Like, the camera, if I remember correctly, it dollies into the jack-o'-lantern's eye. And then as it it gets closer, it dims out a bit. So one of the things I always found funny, and I think you guys know what I'm talking about, Adam, specifically you, is the fact that the pumpkin isn't perfect. It's got a lot of, like, little spots on it. And I think there's like a, I never knew if they did this on purpose or not, but there's like a visible mistake leading from like the bottom right corner of the nose to the mouth. And, you know, (laughs) the movie's a low budget film. And when you kind of look into like how they shot this, they shot it in a garage and they put up a back, uh, a black backdrop and just kind of. They just did it for a title card. I don't think they put much thought into it. Like when you watch Halloween and you listen to the commentary, which I did for, or, you know, just for some research for this, and they kind of just quickly brush over it. And, and I just always thought it was really ominous. It symbolizes that movie. Now, Adam, I know you're not a fan of this jack-o'-lantern. Why is that? I can't wait to hear this. All right. So watch, uh, watch me get hate mail immediately (laughs) after this watch my followers just drop (laughs) um all right so being somebody who is so pro jack-o'-lantern here the truth is i can't stand the thing that it's it as i mentioned before you know i appreciate a primitive rough looking jack-o'-lantern right traditional stuff however this doesn't quite come off as primitive and traditional it comes off as they had 30 seconds because somebody accidentally (laughs) dropped the original one and needed to carve one and they handed a pumpkin to a six-year-old during an earthquake and they carved this thing now i looked into this because i knew we were going to have this conversation i'm like all right like what am i missing here like what what meta nerd level thing am i missing that I'm going to offend people by not bringing it up. And to reference your point on the mistake, quote mistake um, by the nose, that's, that's what makes me hate it the most is, is that line. 
and everything I'm read to like, oh, the clever knife cut from the nose. I'm like, knife cut? Like it's some kind of like design genius? I'm like, no, somebody just cut it incorrectly and they were like, oh, just use it, just use it, it's fine. So bring the hate. It's, I don't love it. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, and if I'm never on the show again, I can understand after I've unleashed that hate to it. And then to try and redeem myself for how nasty I am being about this, like just the eyes are terrible, everything. I went and looked up, for a point of reference, all the other jack-o'-lanterns in the Halloween franchise. I'm like, okay, like obviously if you are going to start with the iconic original film like that, somebody's going to be like, eh, maybe we should you know, make the next ones look a little better. We have a bigger budget. No, they're all awful with the exception of, <laughs> of Seasons of the Witch, because you're basically looking at, you know, like the, the drawing of one, and um, Curse of Michael Myers. That one's good. Every other one is just like, let's just stick with the, we didn't put too much effort into it theme. So I'm going to stop before I get death threats. I'm not even going to lie. My favorite part of that jack-o'-lantern is that line. <sighs> By the nose and the mouth. Yeah, I'll just I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, but why? It, it's funny too because whenever you see like merch that's you know based on this jack o' lantern, that line is always there because at this point it's so iconic to that pumpkin. You know what I mean? I think the reason why I like that line, and I thought it was done on purpose. I mean, you just you just school me on the knowledge of that. I did not know that a six year old carve that i don't know if they did either i'm saying that's what it looked like oh <laughs> i thought you're oh i thought that was true but it would make, it, would make a lot of sense that look, look i that i hope that is the the case but regardless like even if that line wasn't intended it's just off to me and that's why i like it i it's just it's just something that you wouldn't think to do or like, and again, if it wasn't intentional, or if it was intentional, regardless, it's quirky to me, and I, I I love it. I can respect that opinion, but then I like completely. I get it, like weirdness and just kind of the fact that it's not so perfect. I can completely get that. Matter of fact, I usually prefer things like that. But when you try and make up a backstory, like oh, it's it's a, it's supposed to be the knife, I'm like. Of course, there's a knife cut in the thing, but don't tell me. Don't try and convince me that it's like some you know, intentional artistic thing. Fair. I respect that. Listen, Halloween, the original Halloween, is one of my favorite films of all time. Probably my in my top five, honestly, if I'm being if I'm keeping it real. So I'm a little biased when it comes to this Jack O' Lantern. But, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the whole knife. Like I, I've never read that people say it's like a knife being stabbed into I never it. read I, that either. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. And you know, Halloween is a low-budget film. And if we're looking at this for what it is, they probably did carve it in, like, five minutes. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they just did it. They were like, all right, this will be a cool opening title sequence. The film takes place on Halloween. And honestly, it really does set the mood. Like, I always felt like once that, that score kicks in and that jack-o'-lantern pops up, it's, you know, it's just, okay, I'm ready for this movie. Like, like if you saw that and you'd be like, what the fuck is this movie about? You know what I mean? To the point that all the other sequels 
kind of tried to copy it specifically to the more recent one, 2018. That one has, I think, a reverse jack-o'-lantern rotting and then just kind of going back to being a fresh jack-o'-lantern. Um, you know, but I always felt like, you know, it, 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 it fits what the, like, the movie was made with no money. They bought a pumpkin. They were in L.A., which I hear pumpkins are really expensive because they don't grow on the West Coast. <laughs> and they just probably had one go at it, <laughs> carved this bitch, and were like, hey, let's just get this shot. There was probably zero thought put into it except for having this concept. And it's crazy to think 40 years later, people still talk about this fucking jack-o'-lantern. I, th- I think half of my anger towards it comes from, like, what we said i mentioned before about nothing is more halloween than a dark porch and crunchy leaves and a lit jack-o'-lantern on that porch like that warms the soul that's the greatest image ever and that camera shot is setting you up for this beautiful like all-encompassing wonderful just iconography of the holiday and you get there and it's like like uh, i don't know i'll stop (laughs) it's funny because when you when you when you like again it's one of my favorite films so i've you know read you know facts about it and the history of it and you just listen to the story of how they created michael myers mask where they just went into like a dollar store and it was william shatner yeah it was like a cheap shitty star trek william shatner mask that was like a dollar or something like the 50 cents they bought like three of them spray painted them ripped the eyebrows off or whatever and then that was their mask trust me i don't think they put that much thought into their jack-o'-lantern but to me that's what makes it charming now a pumpkin's not easy to carve i know that you need the proper tools but first you have to draw a face that you can carve then you cut the top off so you can scoop out the insides it takes a sharp knife And you know, sharp knives can be dangerous if they're not used right. Carve carefully. That's one way to have a Halloween that's fun and safe. All right, Adam. So thanks for being on the show. Uh, Where can people find you? Uh, First of all, thank you for having me. This was a blast. Um, Where people can find me on Instagram at Great Pumpkin Project. And more importantly, um, my website is the great pumpkin project and people can go to that site um what i do if you want to participate and participation is key the more the merrier help you know start a new tradition you can go to the site and you're able to print out your own tags so what i do is i release the tag art from the previous year uh on the current year and don't make the current tags the physical ones available to the next so you can go there print out tags put them on your pumpkins and get them out there so that's the great pumpkin um it's a little out of date can use some updating but uh you can still get the tags there um 2019's tags should be posted probably within the month so uh yeah get on that it's appreciated every little bit helps build a new tradition and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover. If you can rate and review us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is more booze. <laughs> I'm trying to do an 80s metal voice. Later, guys.